Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. You can follow me, Sean McCormick, at Real Sean McCormick on Instagram and Optimal Performance Podcast on Instagram. And you can go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com to get discounts, discounts on biohacking gear, nutrition, supplements, just awesome discounts, big discounts on cool stuff that will help you live your life more optimal. On today's episode, we are joined by Dr. John Jaquish. This is the first time that we've had uh, a person come for three uh, three appearances. And the reason is, is because Dr. Jaquish, if you've listened to these before, has created the X3 bar, which is the most innovative, the most effective piece of exercise equipment on the planet. Uh, the reason I can say that is because it has transformed my body and it has transformed the bodies of so many people. You can go to the x3bar.com and get $50 off the X3 system. If you use the code OPP at checkout, you can click the link on the show notes. Uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast have purchased this product and, and have seen just incredible life-changing results, stronger, healthier, no injuries, perfect if you have injuries uh, before uh, before using this product. Uh, it's really safe to use, and it's really, really effective. He's the author of a new book called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. And uh, in this podcast, we go through the reasons why. How is, how is that so? We talk about uh, the definition of variable resistance and why it works so well and how other systems do it incorrectly. We talk about uh, debunking the poorly designed variable resistance research because there's some research out there that says it doesn't work and we explain why that study was so poor. We talk about why cardio is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, we talk about the concept of if you are a chronic runner, your body changes, your bone density decreases and you get leaner and you, uh, you hold on to fat when you do a lot of cardio and we explain the research why. We talk about the science. Um, we talk about how the fitness industry uh, is failing all of us. Uh, we talk about uh, how equipment protocols and education around fitness haven't changed in the last like 30 years or maybe ever and why it needs to be reimagined. We also talk about how the X3 bar boosts your testosterone. How does it work? How does it actually put on lean muscle mass really quickly? And also we dive into uh, a great product that that uh, Dr. Jaquish designed, which is called Fortigen, which is uh, uh, a supplement that you take in the evening time before you sleep to increase muscle mass um, uses this unique um, amino complex that uh, was originally designed to to keep weight on for uh, muscle mass for cancer patients, and he used it and combined with X3, just incredible results. You have to have one gram of protein per pound of body weight every single day to put on lean mass. And it took me a while to understand that. But now that I'm using Fortigen and, you know, eating basically sort of modified, modified carnivore, mostly just meat and vegetables, 
Um, just this, this is packed. This episode is packed with great information. Um, just really quickly, like he, his, his signal wasn't great. So it's a little jumpy in times at times on his end, but it doesn't affect the message. You can hear it just as well. He's 240 pounds and he has under, and he's 9% body fat. He is a beast and you can see pictures of him. And if you go to the X3 Bar users group on Facebook, you can see before and afters of just amazing, incredible, astounding results. Nobody wants to go to the gym anymore. Everybody wants to stay at home and everybody wants to be strong and look good naked. And this is what will do it for you. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. But before we jump in, I want to thank two of our sponsors. You know, uh, we are looking at computer screens all the time, all the time. Uh, we're looking at our phone all the time. And if you are working from home, of course you are, and looking at screens, you've got to protect your eyeballs. And the best way to do that, the best way to get around the deleterious effects of staring at a blue screen all day at your computer or your phone is through the Blue Blocks blue light computer glasses. They filter down blue light and eliminate glare, which reduces digital eye strain, headaches, stress levels, and leaves your eyes and mind feeling refreshed. They also look really good. There's a lot of dorky, lame blue blocking glasses out there. These frames are awesome. They're affordable, and you can also get them in prescription. Uh, they're they're a lot of people have asked me about them, obviously because they've been a sponsor for a while. And they say, "Hey, do they really work?" And you just have to you have to just try them. You really ought to just give it a go. Uh, you will see what so many other people have seen. They work. They just work. That's just the way it is. They they protect your eyes. They leave you feeling refreshed, even when you're staring at screens. They're stylish. They're laboratory produced in Australia, uh, ensuring quality in every single pair. They're advanced. And um, they get to your house quickly. You know, like I said, uh, there are a, a, a couple of, of key products that I use that I just like absolutely love and love to support. And Blue Blocks are the blue blocking glasses. So go to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP for 15% off. Second sponsor that I want to highlight for today is Natural Stacks. You know, now we know that we all need D3. There's a lot of different reasons why we need vitamin D. And of course, the best place to get that is in the sunlight. But a lot of us are inside a lot of a lot of the day. And so it's really important that we get the D3, that we get the vitamin D that we need. We have it in our system to protect us against lots and lots of different things. So go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP15 for 15% off. Uh, as always, Natural Stacks provides open source supplements and uh, they're lab tested, batch tested. You know what's in every single batch and they're just the highest quality supplements on the market flat out. And that's why their business is growing so quickly. And um, it's it, it's an honor to, to promote them. It's an honor to do business with them and uh, you should go do it. So go to naturalstacks.com and use OPP15. Okay, everybody, I'm so excited to bring you this podcast. Thank you for listening this far and not skipping through these things because these are freaking sweet offers. And uh, I really know that you're going to enjoy today's episode with Dr. John Jaquish. Also, I'll remind you, if you go to x3bar.com and you use the code OPP, you get $50 off your X3 system. Go watch some videos, go do some research, buy the book and read the book and read the science as to why this thing works so well, why this system works so well, and you will be convinced just like I am. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. John Jaquish. 
And we're here with Dr. John Jaquish, the first three-time repeat guest for the Optimal for Performance podcast. And it's appropriate because he's the inventor of the X3 and the author of Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. John, welcome back to the Optimal Performance podcast. Sean, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I hold the record uh, three times on your podcast. I... Uh, I don't know if I earned it, but uh, I certainly keep causing a lot of problems for the fitness industry. So, uh, you know, everybody who cares about that probably is going to enjoy what I'm going to have to say today. <laughs> I'm counting on it, man. Uh, you know, yep. I, I can speak anecdotally. I can speak experientially. Uh, sure. th this is, and I've said it before and I've said it, I'll say it again. This is the single most effective piece of equipment of equipment for health that I have ever experienced in my entire life. And the, the design, the effects, the simplicity are continue to just knock people's socks off. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for providing me with an, with an affordable tool that's that has given me the body that I should have had when I was playing college sports at 37. I'm closer and closer to the body that I should have had when I was um, 18. So thank you, sir. Yeah. Awesome. That, and so many guys say that I, and I love hearing you. I never get tired of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm under 9% body fat and 240 pounds right now. Uh, it's like, if only like when I played college rugby, I had this level of health and performance, mm. I would have just dominated the sport <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So but it doesn't matter because, um, I'm doing this and I'm helping everybody else get that level of success. I will, I will say like the people that jump on board with, uh, with the research, with the book, I'd say the, the first step now is get the book. Uh, weightlifting is a waste of time. So you understand exactly what we're doing and, uh, and, and what the rationale really is. And then, uh, and then by using X3, oh, you have such an advantage. I'm uh, working with eight NFL players on a regular basis now. Oh, good. No. And uh, yeah. eight NFL players and uh, then, you know, of course, a whole bunch of NBA guys, including the entire Miami Heat team. And uh, twenty other high performance athletes. When when you say working with, I'm curious uh, because the the system is is simple enough uh, for a for a dum dum like me to have success with. So when you say that you're working with them, are you giving them like obviously they're using the equipment, but are you giving them extra tips and guidance? Like, are you helping fine tune their, their nutrition as well? Or, or how, how closely are you working with them? So when it depends on the athlete and it depends on the sport, it depends on the team. So certain teams like with the Miami heat, I, I, I got to have quite a few really good conversations about carnivore nutrition with, uh, with their nutrition people. But they have like a whole nutrition team. It's not like the coach just says like, you know, eat your Wheaties and, you know, like doesn't really know what's going on. Because uh, no smart coach would say that. Uh, 
not now. So the uh, in in again, everybody's different. Like uh, there's one Olympic athlete, Canadian Olympic athlete that I'm working with, and he was already uh, using X3 and doing carnivore nutrition. And what I make sure with these pro athletes is they're really using it right because a lot of them are really busy and uh, they're being pulled a million different directions because like the average NFL player, for example, their career is three years long and they want to get as many endorsements as possible. They want to get as many public appearances as possible because if you do the NFL right, you can leverage that for the rest of your life. But if you goof off, if you hang out at nightclubs, if you're just a general idiot, uh, you, you don't capitalize on everything you can and you end up doing something else. And uh, that's a shame for somebody who works so hard to get into the NFL. So um, my objective with them is to keep them playing longer, keep them injury free. That's the number one priority. And, of course, X3 is super safe, way safer than regular weights. And then on top of that, it is it is a way for these guys to actually build strength, which most of them haven't done since they signed their NFL contract. Because you think about it, I, you know, I say this to all of them, and they all give me this exaggerated nod like, hell yeah, man. I remember that conversation when I tell them, I know the first thing you had to agree to the moment you signed your contract was you're not going to hurt yourself because <laughs> you lose your contract if you get injured, especially if it's not on the field like like working out. If you get hurt in a game, I mean, that's that sucks. But if you get hurt because you're trying to do a one rep maximum on a bench press, mm. that's on you because that's stupid. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And, uh, and so – they they get that and they they know that a torn pack can end a career. And so they they just they the great listeners. Uh, they do the program exactly how it was designed to be done. Unlike so many other goofball users just adding stupid stuff in. Uh, I don't know why they do that, but they do. Uh, you see it on the forum, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that's that's what I'm really doing. And some of them need a little more attention than others. Some of them who've had some injuries really need some stability work before they can like do a one-legged squat. Like and uh, like a, like the lunge, like the lunge within the system, or like just like a, a body weight well, squat. No, uh, we don't call it a lunge. We call it a, a one-legged squat because a lunge, you're moving your torso back and forth. You're right. You're actually propelling yourself forward. The way we do it, you don't. So that's a one-legged squat. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, you just basically, your, your toe is down behind you to keep balance, but you're driving with one leg. I mean, hey, like unless you're a kangaroo, you walk on one leg at a time <laughs> and you run on one leg at a time, right? And I'm like, well, then why do you squat on two legs? You're going to be kangaroo? Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to start 
hopping instead of running. Let's see how, let's see how, what your 40 time is like if you start doing that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And of course these, these guys, I have a, yeah, I, I was a, I played rugby in undergrad, so I can, I can identify with their lifestyle a little bit. And, uh, and so, uh, it, it's just been great working with all these guys and they're really appreciative. And, uh, and, and here's, so here's the deal. I give them special help on the training, I'll talk to their strength coaches and I will talk to their nutrition people. And uh, then I also usually introduce them to uh, Dr. Baker. Uh, I did his, his podcast, his, uh, my second podcast with him this morning. Nice. Um, yeah. I introduced him to Dr. Baker. And then, uh, and then the, the, so that what I ask for in exchange is, you know, if you're if you're successful, this if you're happy with this, uh, let me you know agree that I can use your picture on the website using the products, and they always are are excited. They're always doing well. They always say, "I'm like you know within a couple of weeks, like I'm like stronger than I've ever been." Yeah, like you know, like like as strong as I was in draft day, which is usually the strongest football player ever is because. When they start getting hit by NFL size guys, speed drops way off. Right. Right, because they they have injuries that like last. Right. That's that's the story with with those athletes. The the I'm not I'm I'm not surprised one for one second I really am not because um, when you look at you know I I've been using I've been using it for a while I've been watching the um, it's you know it's just coming up on two years and. I've been watching the progression of the business and I've been watching the adoption from really every demo age body type uh, and you know, from, you know, from the, the 60 year old woman on a vibration plate who, who's dropped a bunch of weight and is gaining her strength and vitality back to, to the, you know, severely undersized, uh, uh, you know, young guy who's just has never been able to put on muscle mass in his, in his entire life. You know, there it really it, it it works for everybody when you do it right. But what's 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 interesting to me now is the book really maps out a bunch of the big ideas, and I I really like the way that it's that it's written because it's you know it's it's talking about your journey and it's talking about what you found and you know as a research scientist. Um, this is not like some highly marketed like thing. This is based on great science and, yeah. it, and it maps it out in the book, you know, you, you and Henry and, and your story and on how you created this thing. So I, I really want to dive into the science, uh, into this Let's a little bit. So, uh, I want to, I want to define some terms just really quick. Um, and, and I'm going to explain variable resistance first, and then you can fill in holes if I've missed anything. Sure. Essentially, variable resistance just means that it's not the same weight from in, within the movement. You know, if, if you think about a bench press, you load on uh, plates, uh, you lay on your back, and you push, and the and the weight is this heavy uh, is the same weight getting it off of the ball, getting it off of the rack, um, dropping it down to your chest, and then getting up to full extension where you lock out your, uh, your arms at the top, the weight doesn't change. And, and in variable resistance, uh, the weight gets heavier 
as you move through the motion? Do I have, I mean, is that, is that, is that a fair way to, to, to explain variable resistance? That's excellent. Weight and what you move it to do is change to a higher weight when you move into a stronger range. Now, there's things I've seen with variable resistance products that put the variance in the wrong direction. There's other variable resistance products that have a variance where the 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 ratio of variance may be like x versus 1.2x. Whereas what you really need is X versus five X. So uh, there's, there's a lot of ways that it can be done incorrectly, but um, yeah, variable resistance uh, that, that does yield greater muscular gain, greater strength gains uh, in, in every study except for one, which used a variable resistance solution. This is one of the ones that I'm like, like talking about where the maximum peak force at stretch was uh, 14 pounds. It was basically designed to make variable resistance fail. <laughs> that was like a fraudulent <laughs> study. They, they used TheraBand as like a main strength training, like a single strand of TheraBand is ridiculous. Yeah, that, that seems, that seems kind of silly to right. do 14 pounds at, at the strongest range. Right. Like clearly, like the, like an infant could exercise with that if they had the coordination. Right. 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 Uh, you, the other part that you that you go through when it comes right. to variable resistance and what the science says is that you really talk about three groups of people: um, uh, the elite athletes, just like the guys that you've talked about, which are NBA. NBA players, NFL players, and then you talk about essentially like the trained people that people that work out, and then people who are untrained who don't really work out. Can you what 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 the what the science says about variable resistance within those three populations? Oh oh yeah. Well, there's great examples in all three of those groups. Uh, there have been studies on untrained people, uh, you know, and and controlled trials. So a a group who uses regular weights and then a group who uses variable resistance in all three of those categories you just described and they all turn out the same. The group that uses the variable resistance does far better, gains more strength, gains more muscle, gains more speed. And even, even uh, there's a study that shows that the higher the ratio of variance. Now, of course it's not infinite, I, 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 my study, which I did on the medical device I developed years ago was, uh, was really what determined the ratio with, uh, with X3. But what this other study said was that the, the greater the level of variance, the greater the muscular gain. And, uh, we, we see that to be true up to a magnitude of seven. So, like, you're seven times stronger than you mm. think you are because what you, you choose whatever weight you can lift in your weakest range, but your strongest range has seven times the capability, which really means that for most of the movement when you lift, outside of the weakest range, you're really not using much of the muscle at all. 
why why hasn't you know what the question that I have is this is not this is not necessarily a new idea you know variable resistance and in you know yeah. putting chains putting chains on the end of uh, a straight bar when you're doing a bench press you know as you lift you're lifting more of the chain it gets heavier as you push up the straight bar uh, that's that's hanging off the bench at the end so we know it's not new we know that people have been using this for a right. long time why do you think that that it it wasn't really capitalized on or or really developed as a as a as a as a go-to theory for for strength and fitness you know 20 years ago well there's a couple answers to that one is that the solutions out there were the wrong ratios so they really weren't that much more effective so there was a lot of questions as to whether this was worth bothering with that's point number one point number two is the chain thing is an annoying mess uh, the chains are dirty. Nobody cleans them. Uh, they make a ton of noise at the gym. Uh, you kind of look like an idiot when you're using them. I mean, I'm I'm sure if you know Ronnie Coleman was using them, nobody would call him <laughs> an idiot. But uh, uh, you you know, it, it's just it just looked like a mess. And and, and then the the third reason is. Kind of like why people you walk into a gym and you say and you hear somebody say, "Oh, cardio is for weight loss and strength training is for gaining muscle," uh, which is not true. Um, or at least those aren't good answers. Those are really shitty answers. Um, it's that the fitness world does not pay any attention to science. And like the cardio thing, cardio for weight loss, 40 years of research have shown that cardio is like not what you want to do at all if you want to lose body fat. It upregulates cortisol and protects your body fat so you stay fatter longer. And even though that research has existed for 40 years, you can ask somebody who has a PhD in sports science and they'll say, oh, yeah, cardio. You don't want to do that if you want to be losing body fat. But the fitness industry never paid attention for 40 years. And they also didn't pay attention to variable resistance. Despite Westside Barbell breaking, I think it's over 100 strength records. Applying variable resistance in almost everything they do. Uh, so people just didn't. Didn't get the science, and I don't think there was anyone like me who could really break it down or, or maybe even really understand it so that it could be broken down for people. And then the fourth reason is there just wasn't a, like a packaged product. Like, think about this. When the iPhone first came out, it was ridiculed. It's like... There's no keyboard. Like BlackBerry was on top back then. Everybody had a BlackBerry because it had a really nice buttons, you know, keyboard. And people were like, oh, we're going back to a touchscreen. It's like we're moving backwards, not forwards. And of course, as soon as it came out and people started 
experiencing what the iPhone had to offer, like it was like BlackBerry who like BlackBerry was gone. Palm was gone. Palm was another huge smartphone player. Um, Compaq was gone. Nokia hung on just a little bit, but you know, they're, I'm sure they're still around, but they're not what they used to be. So a lot of new ideas, like they just need the right package. Cause we had touch screens. We had touch screens for 20 years before the iPhone. So why didn't Apple come out with it? Well, the touch screens had to get better. Um, the, did you know the iPad was developed before the iPhone? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, it, it was, it was originally launched. It was something called the Newton and, uh, it, it wasn't very useful, but a touch screen, basically a tablet computer. And they said, people aren't going to get this. They're not going to understand it. It's not more convenient. They're going to want a keyboard. And so they just kind of shelved the idea and didn't do anything with it for 20 years until Steve Jobs is like, hey, you guys remember the Newton? We're going to relaunch that as a phone. And everyone was like, uh, huh. Well, that would work because everything you do on your phone, you kind of want a different interface. You know, if you type in an email, you don't want a bunch of numbers in front of you. If you're typing a number, you don't want a bunch of letters in front of you. So they got it right away. And it was the phone is the vehicle. So for me, it was seeing the research in the order that that I was reading it in made it very obvious to me that this is what I needed to do. Uh, of course, I filed uh, 13 patents, all of them granted, uh, on every different aspect of the uh, of the device uh so you know and, and once i realized no one had ever patented anything like this i'm like all right I, I, i'm gonna own this market because uh it's how patents work and yeah and uh yeah yeah so you know your point yeah. your point of packaging is is uh, uh the, the correlation to the iphone is really smart right like yeah it, it, until then, it's just conceptual. It's theoretical. Mm -hmm. Until until you get it into the hands of people that can use it, like it, get results, um, packaged in a simple way with simple instructions, uh, then then it's then it is it's 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 theoretical. Uh, that I, I you know I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it, but but it makes it makes tons of sense. You know we're gonna jump around a lot in this podcast, so I'm gonna there's a whole bunch of different things I want to get to, so. Excuse me if I jump in or, and and talk over the top of you, but there's a whole bunch of different areas I want to get to. We can so go anywhere. Me. Yeah, say cool. Just just throw questions at me. So the subtitle of the book is uh, well, the title is weightlifting is a waste of time, and the subtitle is so is cardio, and there's a better way to have the body you want. You know the cardio misconception, the cardio myth. Uh, is a fascinating one for me, and this is this is going to be another another point of sort of cognitive dissonance where people can't hear it. They don't want to hear it. It doesn't make it just goes against what they have been told their entire life that in order to get the body that you want, in order to burn fat, you have to do cardio. 
Right. And that, you know, to me, it seems like that shifted in the last maybe 10 years, you know, with the advent, not the advent, but like the adoption of, of CrossFit, which is focused on, um, that's a whole nother can of worms I know, but like high intensity interval training, what, you know, has been, has caught on, you know, in the last 10 years or so, maybe longer, but, but for people to really wrap their head around the fact that if I want to burn weight, I've got to be on a treadmill or I've got to go pound the pavement or I've got to swim laps for for uh, an hour every day in order to burn fat um, and you're saying that cardio is a waste of time and it's a it's an inferior way to burn fat can you explain can you explain yourself like how how can we get this through to people well so you have to look at the signals so, so your 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 body adapts to your environment and think of your central nervous system as like an engineering team. They're trying to reshape your body to be optimized for the environment you're putting it in. So the environment involves incredibly heavy forces being placed on it. You're going to grow bigger muscle, thicker tendons, thicker ligaments. If you need to go long distances with very little fuel, your body says, okay, like we need to be like an economy car. So what are the properties of an economy car? Well, small engine, uh, big gas tank, lightweight frame. So those three things happen in the human body. When you start doing a lot of cardio, you lose bone density. So your bones get weaker because your body wants them to be lighter. So you can travel greater distances. Your hormones change so you secrete and keep high levels of cortisol now every exercise increases cortisol but uh like strength with strength training it goes up and then dramatically goes down while growth hormone goes up to thicken tendons and ligaments but with cardio growth hormone is suppressed and cortisol is kept high so you protect your body fat which is like your gas tank Another thing cortisol does is it metabolizes muscle. So you use muscle when you do cardio because to be an efficient machine of distance, of going distance, you, you want to have less muscle because you're more efficient that way. So it's a signal you're giving the body and then the resulting decisions the body makes is why this happens, which is... Well understood by science, but the fitness industry pays no attention. So the same myths for 40 years. And uh, there's there's over 100 studies that show that uh, cardiac health is either the same or better with strength training as it is with cardiovascular exercise. So it's not like you're missing out on cardiac health by choosing a more strength-focused approach. The benefit with strength is you grow muscle instead of lose muscle, which is a metabolic engine that's working for you at all times. That, that makes the, – the, the car example makes sense to me. Yeah. And, the, and the changing of the body shape – to make yourself lighter, you know, the bone density thing. I think that it's, in, it's intuitive and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, when you think about what marathon runners physiques look like, um, you can picture what their, what their body looks like, what, you know, often what sort of their, their faces look like. They're people who are doing long, long distance running. Um, and, and they don't look healthy. They don't look strong. They don't look like they're, um, like they're having any fun either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And, and you know, your, your body just continues to, to adjust and to adapt to what it is that you're doing. So if you're out Mm -hmm. running 10, 20 miles a day, you're going to get skinny fat and you're going to get, you know, sunken cheeks and, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, intuitively, intuitively it makes sense. I want to go back to something that you've now said a couple of times, which, uh, I, I just, I want to go a little bit deeper into Well, how I can't, the cognitive cognitive dissonance for me, frankly. Uh, what do you mean the fitness industry doesn't pay attention to the science? Like, are you telling me that like um, the Oregon, you know, Oregon Running Project and Ohio State football and the New England Patriots and, and Olympic teams are not are not actually looking at the science and implementing that into their no, into totally, their performance? Yeah, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about personal training certification groups. They don't know what's mm. going on scientifically. Yeah. Oh, you talk to a, a strength coach. Like, there's no no such thing as a strength coach who was like, you know, the the uncle of the team owner, and he just liked to lift weights. Like that. That's not a thing anymore. That used to be a thing. But strength coaches typically have PhDs in sports science, and they know the academic literature, and they'll tell you. They'll tell you exactly what I'll tell you, but that's not the fitness industry. Like what, what an NFL team does in their training room is not what you will see people do in a gym. Not even close. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, and and it, if it doesn't fit the bottom line, you know, unfortunately, and, and maybe this is my brain just goes into conspiracy um, truthing quickly, but if you can keep somebody on the hook who's paying you for personal training, and you get them a little bit of results, but not 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 drastically change their physique, because then they don't need you anymore. It's it's about it's a it's a toll booth revenue system where they have to keep coming back and keep coming back sometimes for years and years and years sure. and looking and having the same physique, right? Yeah, I would say that um, I think you're giving personal trainers a little too much credit. Uh, they're <laughs> they're not they're not doing that per se, um, but they're doing something. Um, like I don't think what they're doing is malicious. They're just they just have no idea. What, they just know what they've been told, and they think it's all right. And they also think that. You know, the whatever three hours of education they had uh, that gave them their uh, Mm. their certification. It's like like a strength coach studies for working for six years to get his Ph.D. or something like that. Uh, Provided all the prerequisites, you know, like, no, there's there's a lot to know. Um, I think I might have brought this up on a podcast with you before. But uh, are you familiar with uh, the Dunning-Kruger study from 1996? 
Um, I, I don't recall. Okay. So I, I think this is part of the problem with, with a lot of industries. Like the science, science of any kind is not easy to swallow. Like I, I, I don't blame people who find a scientific study who do not write or read at a PhD level. It's just like spaghetti on the, on a, on a piece of paper to them. Like, what the hell is this? And, uh, it's because there's a lot of deep statistical analysis and all of these things, because it's, we're really, we're really looking for some detailed answers. So I think instead, uh, it's just ignored because there's really no one there's, there's also, here, here's, here's another problem. The fitness industry is really the membership sales industry. You know, they're just selling fitness memberships. That, that's what gyms are there for. And that's why gyms have gone a $9 model, uh, you know, $9 a month business model. Because they want you to sign up and they really don't care if you're ever there. And they prefer if you don't show up because then they can sell another membership to someone else and the gym is not too crowded. So, right. yeah. And, and so the focus, I, and I know some founders of the biggest gyms in gym chains in, in, uh, in the United States and, uh, and Germany actually just coincidentally. Um, and it's the same deal. Like, like science is just not even something that's discussed when looking at their training programs, it's like, you want to keep people entertained and you want to keep people mm. paying. That's yeah. it. That's the goal. And I mean, that's, I, that's how a lot of businesses are. And I understand that, but we've got to a point now where we know so much more, but the equipment hasn't changed. It's arcane. The protocols haven't changed. The education hasn't changed. It's time to just blow the whole thing away and start over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you know, like, like, let me tell you, like coronavirus, I hate saying this, but uh, people are like, God, I'm so happy this happened because now I've like realized that there's something other than the gym that's better. And I'm like, God, I really don't want to be doing better, you know, because of this disaster. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 oh, shine the light on what else is there beside the gym and people go oh there's this x3 thing and then they start using it and they they've had people have better results with x3 in six months than they've had in 20 years of lifting weights yeah yeah so they're just like i'm, I'm never going back i'm never lifting weights again i hear that i hear that every day yeah. Well, I mean, it, here, let me allow me to reframe that for you. Uh, what you're doing is you're empowering people to to do the thing that's right. <laughs> you're, you're empowering people it's to, just better. to do the thing that works, that yeah. keeps them from injury. Yeah, it, it, it is. Okay, I'm going to keep jumping. Um, you know, you know, we've covered we've covered uh, growth hormone and how how the X3 um, triggers testosterone growth. Um, can we, can you unpack that a little for us? Like how specific, cause here's, here's where I'm at, right? Um, a lot of people, we are at home. Uh, a lot of us are juggling different things. We're home with our kids. Yeah. We are, 
staying inside. We're watching too much TV. I mean, alcohol consumption and uh, junk food um, is just way up. And and we're stressed. And all of these things like lower our testosterone. They make us weaker. They make us crankier and more emotional and less decisive. And so this this is this is and to be totally frank and honest, most a lot of guys have a lot of problems with pornography and they're they're hooked to it and that sort of chronic addiction uh, to pornography also has really uh, de- uh, deleterious effects for for hormones and the psyche and so forth so testosterone is going to be is currently and is going to continue to be a major issue for guys and and the x3 system really does uh empower um our ability to create our own testosterone and and i'd love for you to map that out for us the biggest driver of testosterone is number one active receptor sites so the more you make muscular tissue want testosterone the more you make (laughs) so it's it's a lot of people have it the other way around they're like I want to find some supplement that increases my testosterone. No, you need your body to need more testosterone and then you'll make more. So, uh, yeah, I mean like any supplement that's like doubles your testosterone. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, like they might, they they might be tricking you with some sort of math, but that, that's just not how it works. Um, so in, in the thing that drives, the receptor sites to become active and look for testosterone is heavy. Now, heavy is relative. It's also different depending on what the activity is, right? And so somebody swinging a kettlebell has a different definition of heavy than somebody doing bench presses and squats, which is also different than somebody who's doing X3. Now, X3 uses some, um, I mean, it's a simple, elegant product and it's very easy to use, but there was some serious math put into what resistance is and, and just what resistance curve. Oh, and by the way, some clowns out there that refer to, uh, uh, um, Latex and band resistance is linear. It's not linear. Uh, it, it never was. Uh, so what, what I try is be as nonlinear as possible when engineering the banding because you want it really heavy in strong range and you want it relatively lighter than somebody who would normally use in the weaker range so they can end up doing more repetitions in the weaker range and then when they get to the stronger range they're putting way more weight than they would normally do so i'm 43 years old and when i do the chest press exercise i am using 540 pounds at the top of the chest press in the middle of the chest press i'm using 300 pounds and at the bottom i'm using 100 pounds and this is all in one repetition movement so the weight changes as i move So I'm getting the benefit of incredibly high loads of that 540 pounds, but that's where my body is efficient and my joints are optimized. So I don't get any soreness 
at all anywhere. Even when I hit that 540 pounds for 25 repetitions, then when I can't get there anymore <coughs> because I've exhausted the stronger range of motion, I can still do the mid range repetitions because, you know, because I want to completely exhaust the fuels in the cell, the fuels being ATP, glycogen and creatine phosphate, because I want to both have both uh, the sarcoplasmic effect and the myofibril growth effect. So density of cell as well as fuel held in the cell. Um, so you can't do that with a weight, but this experience, especially with the high loads that somebody is getting in the stronger range of motion, that is a major upregulator of testosterone reception. So you're going to use more testosterone. So your, your body says, Hey, Hey gang, this is pretty heavy. We need some more testosterone. Yep. Exactly how it works. And, and heavy is the driver. I, I, I say it all the time. There's no getting away from heavy. Like that's what your body responds to. And you know, when, when, uh, you, when you look at my medical device, OsteoStrong, uh, we have people loading, you know, when Tony Robbins uses it, he's putting like 3,500 pounds through his hip joints. Like that's, that's how capable your body is of producing force. Wow. Yeah, Tony's, I think he's like almost 60. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he's 59 years old. And he's, and he's putting over 3,000 pounds through his hip joints. Like, like I said, there's no getting away from heavy. Like, if we want to trigger bone growth, you, here, here's something crazy. The minimum dose response for triggering the growth of bone density in the, uh, in the, the femur is four multiples of your body weight. Hmm. Who uses that? Nobody. How could you, right? Well, gymnasts do because you get it with high impact. But high impact is so brief, you don't go to fatigue. So you trigger bone growth, but you don't get any muscular benefit out of it. Hence, X3, where we use variable resistance, or OsteoStrong, where we just isolate that one position where you're loading the bone and then allow the body to load it until, until the bone fatigues. Hmm. Yeah. Very different approach. It, it is. And, and, and it's the, the problem that I have with interviewing you, to be frank, is that the, the science is clear and your answers are clear and your explanations are concise and it doesn't sound like a problem, man. <laughs> it sounds great. Well, Keep going. Well, like I'm trying, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I try to poke holes, you know, and, and, and I try to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. It's like, I, I try to call bullshit. Um, so that when people are listening, they're like, nah, bullshit, asking this, nah, bullshit. Nah, it doesn't make any sense. But the, right. but the way, the, the way that you answer is just so clear and concise. And so, right. so based on good science and research 
And that's why the book, I think, um, and, and I, and I'll tell you, I've never done, I've never done this. I've never like, Hey, let's talk about the book you read. Cause I think it's boring, but the, the, I, I wouldn't have you back on if I didn't think that there was more to talk about. Sure. There is more to talk about. Um, the thing that that is that is that has been the most eye opening thing in my experience, and, and again, I'm not an under I'm not an underwear model yet, um, but the results that I get working out an hour a week, um, um, and the results that I've seen other people get working out an hour a week are are flabbergasting, just incredible before and after pictures. And one thing that I realized, and it took me a bit to to really understand was how important you know nutrition is sure. and most specifically just how much protein my body needs in order to put on muscle mass and what I what I have what I found um, was I wasn't getting nearly enough protein and and I've been doing intermittent fasting for years years and years and I've been eating for you know probably 80 20 keto, um, for, for a while. And I did carnivore for a couple of months. And so now I'm like, Oh, I'm probably 70, 30 carnivore. I eat some vegetables. Um, and then, you know, have a fucking piece of cake at a birthday party, but, mm. um, no shame on me. I know, but hey, you know what, uh, alcoholics <laughs> don't get a cheat day for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right. Sugar's addictive, man. I just, yeah. Yeah, you just got to not. I, I actually, I have a way around that in the book. You, you oh. Want, yeah, I have, I have a, I don't want people to, to misinterpret and, you know, have, hear not what I'm saying, but what they want to hear. But, um, mm. yeah, it, there's a way you can use carbohydrates for an actual muscle gain advantage. Uh, but it must be done with uh some proper stretching of the muscle combined with uh a vasodilator so you have to have some vasodilation uh and then you work out and then you have carbohydrates uh and then you you stretch and uh and i have the whole there's a lot more details of the protocol in the book but um it really has to do with a more hydrated muscle grows much faster. And when you force a different level of hydration by timing certain consumptions of things that increase blood flow and increase hydration of, of, you know, blood, uh, then, then you can, then you can do that. So it's not like, I mean, before I was just like, pizza gets you fat. That's the only thing it ever does. Just, don't eat it ever or you're just going to be a loser. You know, I mean, that's kind of the position I took. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, two things happened. One is I realized people didn't like that. <laughs> uh, it's like the, the pro athletes, they're like, oh, thank you, man, for saying that. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, except I've got people like really unhappy with me. In fact, a significant percentage of trolls like they had bizarre levels of hatred for me. Not just because they were jealous of the business or jealous of my physique. Or, that's not, that's not only what trolling is about. They were mad because I was saying, don't eat carbohydrates. 
And mm. of course, these white people. But uh, it was just, it, it was odd. Like, why do you care what I have to say? Like, you know, it, it, it's sort of like, you know, if a vegan wants to eat vegetables, oh, okay. more meat for me. Have at it, dude. I would never say a word to somebody like that. But why do they feel that to try and like make meat illegal or what all the other like, you know, th- things that they tried to do? Right. Well, it's because they want to impose their values on other people, which is just I mean, it's, I, it, it's not yet called psychological disorder, but it will be. I think I'm with you on that, man. Yeah. Per- yeah. It's bizarre. Per- like like telling other people how they, how they need to live. It's like if you don't want to eat meat, don't. Yeah. It's real simple. Yeah. Just don't. Right. Good for you. <laughs> the, uh, the pe- yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to throw a parade for you, but you know, I won't stop. Right. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. You pizza, pizza does not need to be mm-hmm. defended by you, buddy. Like it doesn't need your support. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well on that, on that nutrition note, on the, on the protein note, you know, people who have heard you on the podcast before know that you, that you eat carnivore, uh, and, and I, they may not know that you do frequent, uh, fortigen fasts. And so I'd love to talk about, mm. uh, I'd love to talk about the product fortigen because again, it works. It is phenomenal and it has, it has t- totally helped me turn a corner in, in changing my physique and gaining uh, a bigger, sure. stronger physique. So, so walk us through. Walk us through what Fortigen is, why you developed it, and how it works. Okay. Um, after starting X3, um, I, I wanted to give people the best nutritional information because I knew if you don't get the right nutrition, you're not going to grow. And so I told people how to start eating, and most people could not even eat enough animal protein to grow they just couldn't even stomach it in a day how much you need you basically need a gram of protein per pound of body weight um (laughs) it was a challenging conversation because you know like instinctively i just an approach i always took you know i'm gonna do whatever it takes uh, and so if it hurts to eat, you know, at the time I was like, when I started X was 190 pounds, 20% body fat. And, uh, so, you know, like 200 grams of protein, I had to eat two pounds of steak a day. Uh, that didn't seem like a lot. I would eat it in one sitting cause I wanted the benefit of time restricted eating also just from fat loss perspective and, uh, immune immunofunction perspective because fasting does that so one meal a day two pounds but you know now now i'm close to 250 pounds so you know i i, I need to get 50 grams more and i talked to people who are kind of right in that same ballpark and they were like there's no way i can eat more than a pound of steak in a day no way and i you know like maybe they've got stomach issues maybe I don't know. They just got too many participation trophies to try. I, you know, like part of me was just like, 
you need to stop being such a kick ass and just do it. And then I'm like, okay, I got to be realistic about this. Maybe some people just can't choke that down. Maybe it makes them sick eating that much at once. Um, so I learned a, a kind of a term that, that Cole Robinson uses when he, t- when he was talking about fasting, high capacity eaters. Now he kind of made that term up, but I liked it because some people get accustomed and I'm one of them get accustomed to just eating massive amounts of food and then fasting. Like I eat one meal every 48 hours. Really? That's, that's where I, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so in fact, I, you know, I got my steak for tonight. I got three pounds of sirloin. Uh, my, my girlfriend will have a tiny piece of that. She always says, Oh yeah, I want like a huge steak. And then she has like a, a slice of it. And then she's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you can eat the rest <laughs> of this. And then so I'll eat the majority of that three pounds. The idea that, you know, that I can do that, it's like, okay, I mean, I still want to get a high level of protein, but what do I, what do I do for everybody else who can't eat like that? Or, or is there a more efficient way? And I found a, a cancer a nutritional supplement. It was mostly focused on uh, cancer treatment. And it was a essential amino acid formula that was uh, was patented uh, a number of years ago, and and um, it was keeping people alive. It was keeping them from the normal muscle wasting that is seen in radiation and chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so, as I read about this. Like it wasn't targeted at performance at all. And uh, it was mostly foreign journals that it was that it was published in. So some of them I I had to have translated. And I can read a little bit of Italian and a little bit of French uh, and a little bit of Spanish. And um, so I, I had to suffer through some of that. You know, not, not, not only is academic research not reading friendly for really anybody, including other scientists. <laughs> so I, I started figuring this out and I, and I thought, okay, this is the most efficient protein. It's made with bacterial fermentation. So it's not a plant. It's not an animal either. And, uh, and there's a lot of companies that'll make an essential amino acid product, but they don't make it like, and so it doesn't absorb like, like it should. And it really has no nutritional value. And like branch chain amino acids, try and masquerade themselves as being very similar to essential amino acids. Branch chain amino acids are the wrong ratios in every way and are worthless. You might as well be swallowing sand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just crap. It's just not what the body needs. It was, it was an interesting idea on paper. I'm sure the first guy to come up with that supplement had the best of intentions, but they do nothing. Um, so like taking this cancer treatment, that, that was the beginning of Fortigen. And then I had to look at, okay, keeping muscle from wasting is one thing. Becoming extremely anabolic is something else. So like, I've got to make it so that one 16 ounce glass of this is like eating a half a pound of steak. And, you know, it tastes, it tastes like pink lemonade. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I ended up pulling it off. I, I work with a bunch of biochemists and expert, experts in the field. And uh, even even one of the original guys who worked on the cancer treatment. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it was cool because they were looking at it from a medical approach. And at first, when I said fitness, they wanted nothing to do with it. They were like, no, 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 like we don't, we don't want anything to do with the fitness industry. We don't want anything to do with the supplement industry. But I think I kind of won them over because of my medical device background. Sure. And they, they were like, okay, so like you're going to market this thing and this, this isn't going to be our problem all of a sudden. And they, you know, they knew I wasn't going to make any outlandish claims or point at them when I couldn't answer a question or something like that. Uh, I was like, no, no, none of that's going to happen. And so they, I think they realized they were dealing with somebody who, who they could deal with. And then it was like, okay, you know, we, we can, we can do this. And that was the beginning of Fortigen. And, uh, I'm so glad I did because it just makes life so much easier. Like you can have a, a, you can get like, I do two two doses of Fortigen every day, whether I'm fasting or, or not fasting. And, uh, that, that counts for a hundred grams of protein. Yeah. 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 I, I have a question for you. I, I, so my, my, the way that I take it is as directed, uh, imagine that. Uh, so that's 30 minutes right. before bedtime. And, uh, I, you know, I do my X3 workout kind of usually, at night after the kids go to bed and, and then I sauna and then I, you know, I make my, I make my Fortigen, you know, as before I go hit the shower and then, um, meditate and go to bed. And, mm. uh, I'm a big CBD fan. And so I wonder, so what I do is I drop, um, full spectrum hemp derived CBD into my Fortigen drink. And then I also add this, um, it's a salt, it's called healthy salt. It's a, it's a specialized salt. That's, that's really expensive and has all this, um, all these, um, minerals and electrolytes. And I mix that all together is, do you see any reason why I should not be combining Fortigen with, uh, with CBD oil right at night before I go to bed? No reason at all. Cool. Go for well, it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No problems. Okay. Good. Well, good. Um, as we, you know, as we sort of come to, come to the, to the end of, of our, of our podcast here today, you know, what, what's the, what's the point of the book? You know, your, your, your business is exploding. People are getting incredible results. Um, I, you know, I, for a while there, uh, it was tough to keep up with demand uh, looks like it looks like you know that's that's been figured out and people are getting their equipment. Uh, I still have yeah. people ask me about it, and um, you know I've referred a ton of folks to it because I believe in it and and because it works so well. So w yeah. w why a book? Why why was that necessary? With the level of so so like I'm I'm definitely the most hated guy in the fitness industry. Funny thing is I don't believe I'm part of the fitness industry. I think I'm an alternative to it. Uh, because I, I design medical devices. 
Like I'm a biomedical engineer. Like there's not nothing about that is necessarily fitness. Uh, but I, I, the, uh, the hatred comes from the lack of understanding and jealousy. Well, I'm not going to, a psychiatrist needs to help people with their jealousy. Uh, but so I can't fix that, but there's a lot of genuine, like believe you kind of stuff. And I thought, okay, um, what can I do? I can put the science on the website. These people are too lazy to read it. Did that. There's a page of scientific material. And I thought, okay, well, if I write a book that explains in less scientific, more sort of conversational terms, the whole rationale for everything in the order that that I think is easiest to understand, really the order that I went in through my research process, <clears throat> that if somebody reads through all that material and understands half of it, they will be blown away. And they'll say, yeah, I think weightlifting actually is a waste of time. Like there, there is something better out there. And even five to 10 years, people are going to go, God, remember when we used to just lift static weight? Like, man, that was stupid. Like injuries and barely any results. One, one of the premises of the book, and it's funny, uh, Baker just texted me this, that he, that he really likes this particular premise, <clears throat> is that um, the fitness industry is a complete failed industry. Like, I, it's so amazing to me that so many people defend the orthodox way of doing fitness and health and nutrition when like just about everybody's a fat slob like and 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 then let's look at the fit side of people so there's a couple studies i reference that will blow your mind um the top one percent of percentage body fat of males in the united states there's a study done on this top one percent on the na's database the largest database on health and fitness metrics ever collected. And they add 2,000 people to this uh, every year. So there's, there's uh, uh, and they've been doing it for years. There's like, I don't know, 50,000 people in there or, or maybe even more. Uh, and so the, uh, an analysis was done on the NAINS database of who had the lowest percentage body fat. The top 1% leanest Men in America are at 10.9% body fat. And I like percent body fat because it considers muscularity. Like the more muscular you become, hmm. you don't even have to lose body fat. You have a lower percentage body fat because more of your percentage body weight is muscle. So right. it's a great metric, right? So it, it, it just considers muscularity and leanness. And 10.9% um, that's like maybe a little bit of visible abdominal, not the bottom abdominals. That's really not impressive. And that's the top 1%. Now, now let me ask you a question. I, think I want every listener to consider this. Would you invest with an investment company that lost 99% of its money? <laughs> 
Would you? I would. I wouldn't. Right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> you never, you would never even return a phone call from those clowns. Yeah. Yet, yet we still keep on trusting the fitness industry. And I know a lot of people who I think are, are, are brilliant human beings. I, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. I, I have a lot of absolutely brilliant friends. And a couple of them have said to me, as I, as I was developing and experimenting with a prototype and getting stronger and leaner and bigger, and they're like, you know, the reason I work out is because I see so many people work out who just look like shit. Like, they don't look any better than I do, and I don't do anything. <laughs> like, I just sit on the couch and eat chips. <laughs> Yet, I look just as good as people who go to the gym five times a week, an hour a session, and they, they don't look any different. And I mean, if you really think about who, who, when you walk into the average gym, and I'm not talking about Gold's Gym in, you know, Venice Beach. I'm talking about the average, whatever, Lifetime Fitness, Planet Fitness, Crunch, uh, Equinox. When you think of an East Coast brand, uh, nah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Big box yeah. gyms, whether they be high end or or sort of bargain basement gyms, who's fit? Maybe maybe one like who's actually impressive? Maybe one tenth of one percent of 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 the people who work out actually have physical performance and a physique to go with it. Where you're like, wow, those guys like that guy could be like in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Whereas I get stopped every day and people ask me, like, if I'm, <laughs> I get some strange questions. Are you a wrestler? Are you an NFL? I, I mean, I love them because, and, you know, like eight-year-olds are like, are you Batman? Um, <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, but ultimately, like, it, it, why, why are all these people defending something that is not working for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, they're just beating their skulls against the wall and they look like shit. And you know, like, like it's like, here, here's, here's another annoying thing I've noticed about the internet. There are 14 year old boys who have like a bicep vein and you know, a visible bicep vein and people are accusing of being, of being on steroids. Oh, it's like, dude, Well, I mean, also the internet, like, like I said, you know, trolls are, trolls are just jealous people. And, yeah. uh, you know, they might also have sociopathic and psychopathic tendencies, but, uh, there's just some great research on that. Yeah. Always look, if you go to hire somebody, always look at where they come in on the internet. If they ridicule people, they don't know they're psychopathic. Like, yeah, they're they're Don't hire those people. Because it's just a matter of time before all that hate rage turns on you as your as their employer. Yeah, great point. So, like, yeah, oh yeah, Re- like really do a deep dive on their social media because you you can see psychopathic signs easily by just looking at what what they're saying to, especially people they don't know. You know, somebody that they live down the street from, they might be kidding. You know, they might be in a basketball league together, and it's just like an instant. Uh, a joke but if they're like tr- real like really trolling yeah these these people are are fucked up 
and you don't want. Well, and, um, and obviously, obviously, this issue is is present and near and dear to your heart because you're now in a position uh, in which you're under massive scrutiny. I mean, I you 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 maybe you've always had this thick skin, but you have you're under the gun of people because what you're with the way that you're the way that you look the the product that you yeah. designed the things that you're saying and so you just decided to pile it on but like okay dude i'm just gonna write a book and i'm gonna call it weightlifting yeah. is a waste of time so like like I'm, oh, oh yeah <laughs> just every sideways hat you know gym clown i just kicked in the nuts yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they have nothing. They, here's the, they have no rebuttal. They can kick and scream and say, you know, screw you. <laughs> You're dumb. Or, you know, you don't. I, I love the insult. Like, you don't have a physique like Jeremy Boyendi. I, I, all the time. I don't know why I'm compared to him. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and if you go, and if anyone doesn't know who this is, Google him. Jeremy Boyendi. He, he has a physique where you almost think he's computer generated. Like his, his hip bones, his waist is 28 inches. <laughs> I mean, my, my bones aren't even that <laughs> narrow for the weight. <laughs> born to be Mr. Olympia. And he's also half my age. <laughs> the fact that they're, they're comparing me to him is like a massive compliment. Apparently he's not half my age. He's 29 years old. We still a hell of a lot. I'm 43. He's a hell of a lot younger than me. And, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I get compared to that guy all the time. And it's like, the dude is a work of art. Like I'm just some, I'm some guy who didn't look like nobody would describe me as anything other than kind of athletic looking maybe, or kind of chubby depending on the day until after I turned 40 years old. When I did, mm. when I got my X3 prototype, that that that's quite that's quite a statement, and and it's yeah. and it's encouraging, right? Because you know, uh, if if guys knew, if gals knew that that it's not too late, uh, it, it ain't gonna get easier for you no. to lose 15, 20, 30, 60 pounds. It ain't. It's yeah. not going to happen for you. It's going to get increasingly more challenging for you. Yeah, to, it's to, metabolic. To, clean yeah. water as you get older. This is true. Right. And so, so for you to say, you know, it was after 40 until I really kind of turned a corner and, and built my physique, uh, it's encouraging to people. And, and to your earlier point around the fitness industry, um, it's, it's almost, you know, the way that you stated there, it's almost like an ethical thing. Like, why would you be doing something? Why would you be pumping all this money, spending all this time committing, commuting, um, you know, uh, being under the oogling eyes of other people in a gym scenario when it's just not effective yeah. for you? Like, honey, it's yeah. not working for you. It's not working. There's it's in there are better ways flat out. Yeah. And if, if a clinical trial was done on the general population, like, I mean, there have been controlled trials done on weight training with an athletic population. Obviously it works for them because they self-selected as athletes already. But statistic for you, great study uh, done that looked at a general population 
a randomized control trial on weightlifting showed 27 percent of the of the people in this study were unable to trigger any muscle protein synthesis at all with heavyweight training. Whoa. And it will, but, but like, hey, let's look at why. They, like, weightlifting is in. If, here's another argument that people haven't been looking at. The, the biggest genetic difference is, is not hormonal, it's biomechanical. Tend, some people have tendon insertions that have a longer lever arm. So, for example, the pectoral insertion that I have is like every. Everybody else's. It's right up near the top of my humerus bone. But somebody in the NFL most likely has it closer to the elbow. So the longer the lever arm, the more advantage they have in the weaker range of motions. So they can access more of the pack than the normal the normal person. This is what traditionally with with weightlifting defines or, or, or sh- you know, the, this is going to be who a strength athlete is going to be and anybody else. Like, for example, the 27% of people <coughs> who couldn't get any muscle protein synthesis at all. Any. Like, they got fucking zero growth. You know, with, with a, a, a whole weight training program. So, we know this scientifically. But there was never another way to go about doing it. So no one ever really said anything. I was like, well, that's interesting, but what are you going to do? And everyone just kind of moved on from that study. Well, guess what? When you have poor access and the weaker range of motion, you're like just about everybody else except for some of the performance outliers. Well, with X3, everyone's the same. Hmm. It, It doesn't have any like is that element of tendon insertion leverage out of the equation and now you can train your mid-range and your strong range which you could never do before Hmm. and it completely levels the genetic playing field so like when somebody's muscular and it's you know it's like like i see these steroid comments and oh genetics or oh that guy's on steroids and my my general response is yeah everybody bigger than me is on steroids said everybody with baby arms uh (laughs) yeah and i just it's just like you don't know know, any idea what you're talking about and you're accusing somebody who may be 120 pounds and in high school of using performance enhancing drugs really like, I understand why people accuse me of it, because my physique is awesome. But uh, I don't use performance-enhancing drugs, and I don't need to because I've taken the mechanical leverage disadvantage that everybody has when they lift weights out of the equation. So, <clears throat> so now I can grow just like the guys who are destined for the NFL. Hmm. And coincidentally, I have the same body composition and size of the average running back. Yeah, that's you do. You that yeah, I'm you're lean totally and, right. and right at 240 and that that's just about where every running back is. I'm I'm 6 feet tall. I I could probably be like 6'2". That'd be a little bit better if I were to be a running back, but the good news is I get to work with running backs. 
I get to hear all their cool stories, but I don't have to be beat up on the field. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I actually think my job's a little cooler. Uh, <laughs> like, awesome. It's like, yeah, good luck at the game. I'll be watching from the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. I feel so sorry for these guys with their, th- with their three year careers and every one of them I work with, it's like, we're going to squeeze another couple years. How do you mm. keep you injury free? We're going to get gonna, additional contracts, right? Yeah, we're going to build up yeah. that, that natural body armor that you have, bro. We're going to get you protected yeah. and muscly and, and strong and durable. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Also, well, the weights, with the weights we're using with X3, we're stimulating the thickness. These are these are approaching the weights that, that uh, were seen in the Benjamin and Ralph's 1996 study which showed that you can thicken your tendons and ligaments with with incredibly high loads, loads that are higher than what we would normally see in weight training. Well, that's what we're using. So thicker tendons and ligaments are going to keep somebody injury-free. And, and, and for the normies out there that aren't playing in the NFL, it's going to keep them stronger and, and more resistant to injury when they pick up a bag of groceries and out also of the back of the car. Right, when they do yard or their kid jumps on them and they're not expecting it. Whereas, you know, like I know so many guys who have injured their back because a kid jumped on them, you know, when they were not paying attention and loaded the back awkwardly or something like that. Like these are all little things that can be life-changing injuries that we don't really realize. But this is all stuff that's like less likely to happen when when you use X3. I mean, never mind the you know the fact that you'll have a physique that makes you look like a superhero. And that's what I want. I'm ready for I'm ready for a generation of uh, of just superhumans walking around and everybody's yeah. You know, we can, we can do it. Super ripped. We've, yeah, we've got the technology. It that, that yeah. that's what I developed, and that's why I developed it. Well, and all the, hack- know, like some of the best comments I hear from users is either my wife is noticing like like how good my body looks, like you know, like oh okay, like <laughs> that's awesome, or or my kids say things like you look better than the guy who's. Uh, plays uh 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 captain america (laughs) and you know of course you you say that to a dad and that dad feels like he actually is a superhero that's so cool to hear kids say that to to their fathers and mothers oh yeah we get that we we get that with the women too uh where it's like oh you look like you look better than wonder woman like oh like uh, you know moms are so happy to hear that it, it's 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 a better quality of life man you yeah, know since since sure. i've since i've used it since i've started with it and advocated for it and stayed consistent with it and you know gone till failure it, it has improved my qual. i've had to buy new clothes which is uh actually kind of fun but yeah um, it's, a, it's a great reason to buy new clothes <laughs> dude my, none of my pants fit anymore and i had to find i had to find you know i was a 36 and you know now now I'm a 32 and I have to like start buying more athletic wear because, you know, the cut of most of the slim fit t-shirts that I like just don't work for me, mm-hmm. but I can pick up both of my kids at the same time and yeah. walk with both of them for, for a long time. Like I can do hours yeah. and hours of yard work 
and, and not be fatigued. I can, you know, I can, it's just, it just makes, it just makes everything, everything yeah. better when, when you're, when you're stronger and, and you're confident, um, and you have more testosterone in your body, it just, uh, it just improves your quality of life. And, you know, I, I think I, I, I hope I hope that everybody picks up this book. I hope that they read it. If they've been skeptical, if you've heard this now, if you've heard Dr. Jacobs now for a third time and you're like, man, okay, all right, now we'll dive in. Now I'll learn more. I'll do my diligence on this thing. Um, tell them where they can pick up the book and uh, where they can find you, where they can follow along. And then, uh, yeah, give us the details. Oh, I got a, I got a new uh, landing page for everybody. That's a lot easier than spelling my last name it's drj.com uh doctor oh. written out the letter nice. j.com and uh, you can find my social media there uh i'm most active on instagram uh but facebook also uh you can get the youtube channel uh you can get the book from there you can find out more about fortigen and x3 uh all all from that page right there yeah, and don't forget to use the code OPP for $50 off when you finally, finally, when you finally purchase the X3 system. Uh, That's right. It, it, fucking, it works. It works. It, it works if you work it. Dr. John Jakewish, thank you so much for coming back and being the tri the, tri the first trifecta on the Optimal Performance <laughs> Podcast. Awesome. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do something uh, beyond this. Uh, I mean... I'm definitely doing something beyond this. Uh, I got, I got, all, I always have something in, in the R and D room. Uh, so maybe I'll go for four. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll let me do that. Anytime, man. Anytime. Sean, thank you so much. This was great. You bet. All right. Have a good night. Good stuff. Yeah, that was great. Thanks so much.